Good morning, everyone, and welcome. It's good to have you with us here this morning. There are some joining us on Zoom. We welcome you as well. And uh, we have new faces with us this morning. If you're here for the first time, uh, I believe there are some pew cards that you can uh, fill in to let us know if you're, uh, you know, who you are, if you don't mind saying that, uh, telling us, and uh, just fill those cards. Uh, trust that there is a pen there for you as well. It's just great to be able to gather together on the Lord's Day. You, I trust you picked up a bulletin at the back. Uh, the bulletins are there for you to uh, find out what goes on through the week. It seems like things are a little bit quieter now. Before Christmas, there are so many things that we were getting involved with and so on. But we look to the Lord for guidance uh, for the new year. We're glad to have Gary Kingsley with us this morning as one who will bring the message going to ask Gary to come now and read the scripture uh, for this morning and lead us in prayer, if you would. Thank you, Riel. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus, in whom all things become new. Uh, this morning's scripture reading um, is in Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 21, page 763 of the Pew Bibles. Again, Isaiah 43. Verse 1 to 21, page 763. My eyesight's going, so I'm going to get the big Bible, I think. That's a lot better. I created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burnt. Neither shall thy flames be kindled upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba for thee. Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honored, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give man for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east, and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even everyone that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together And let the people be assembled who among them can declare this and show us former things. Let them bring forth their witness that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say it is true. He are my witness, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that he may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God form, neither shall there be any after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, and I have saved, I have showed, when there was no strange God among you, therefore ye are my witnesses, said the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work And who shall let it? Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I have sent you to Babylon and have brought down all the nobles and the Chaldeans who cry in their ships, in the ships. For I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, which makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters which brings forth the chariots and horses and the armies and the powers. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They shall all be extinct. There are, there are quench as though. 
Remember ye not the former things, consider not the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And the beasts of the field shall honor me and the dragons and the owls, because I have I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts to drink. I give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself, and they shall show forth my praise. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, give us ears to hear, that we may understand this message, what it means to be in Christ. And open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we can see Jesus rise up in our souls. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you move mightily in this place and that you open the hearts of many to draw them to be like Christ. And I pray, Lord God, at the end of this sermon, that the Father is glorified. In Jesus' name, I pray. Again, we want to welcome our brother Gary with us this morning. Pray that the Lord would bless our brother. Thank you, Bill. Hello, everyone. Uh, Behold, I am doing a new thing. The title. Isaiah 43, verse 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall he know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Everybody loves new things. Us men, well, we love new ones, big cars and trucks, and we can sniff out a new vehicle in the parking lot every time it comes in. Women, they love little ones, like a new child, and they can sniff out a new baby in any packed building. If you see a gathering of women rejoicing, you know there's a new baby in the church. Yes, God's creation is certainly beautiful. Thanks to the Christmas season of giving, we all end the year with new things. Little children have received new toys. Older children have received new stuff. And bigger children like us have received new things also. Things that we ask for like clothes. Not always the right size or the right colors, but they're new, still the same. And yes, we receive things that we didn't ask for, like new pounds on our bodies. Tomorrow, the calendar flips over to 2024, and we begin a new year with new things. Like a new calendar on the wall, new bills from all the things given, and new resolutions for the months ahead. Everybody likes new things, including God. The Lord loves doing new things, making a way for his people. God loves to redeem the lost soul and restore the wandering soul and establish the faithful servant soul. This year came with blessings for many, some seen and some not seen. But like the hymn says, when we count our blessings one by one, we can see what the Lord has done. This year has also been challenging for many here today. Sometimes we found ourselves in the wilderness of chaos, and some found ourselves in a desert place of hardship, a place of suffering needing relief, a place of illness needing healing, a place of loneliness, a place of sorrow a place of disappointment. For some, this led them to a place of drought with no hope, where there seems to be no way forward or a way possible to make it through that day, that month, and yes, even that season. For our God is, but our God is merciful to his people. In the Bible, the desert is a place where God's love meets you in your deepest trials making a way for his salvation, his deliverance, his provision for all those that are called by his name. In 2023, even sometimes, 
when we couldn't see God's hand at work in our lives, he was plowing paths for us through the wilderness of our problems and flowing rivers of mercy in our desert places. Always keeping his promises towards us, thoughts of peace and not evil. To give us a future and a hope, God is always making a way. He has gone forward before us today with preparation for a new season and a new year. Let us break down the passage of Isaiah that I just read to see how God will make a way of deliverance for his people. In chapter 43, in the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah wrote the words of the Lord to comfort Israel of a future event in time. With heavenly foreknowledge, he told them that hard to understand great trials that they were before them, preparing them for the coming suffering that they would have to go through Russian waters and flaming fires. But God reassured them with the tender and gracious words, Fear not, thou art mine, and I am making a way in the desert and the streams of your wasteland. Before the time had come, Isaiah penned this prophecy with warnings of their coming judgment. The Israelites, while they were being unfaithful to God with their sin of idolatry, and they had exhausted God's patience in their rebellious disobedience. Because of their love for the world and their love for the things of the flesh, he would give them over to the world and to the captivity of Babylon. And before the time would come, Isaiah said, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. In other words, do not dwell on the things he did in the past, when God had rescued his people from the bondage of Egypt, or when he had provided bread from heaven in the wilderness. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Behold, the time had come, the day of delivery. God sent forth his servant, King Cyrus the Great of Persia, to be his instrument, to rebuild the temple, to redeem the remnant of faithful, and to restore his people Israel back to the land. Though they had forsaken their first love, yet God is unchanging in nature. He abides faithful, and he cannot deny himself. And Israel was not consumed once again from their enemies. God had delivered his people from the captivity of Babylon. But this wasn't the new thing. God for new Israel would continue in disobedience of the law and their sinful nature. God will make a new way of deliverance for his people. Behold, for when the new thing will come, will you know it? Israel prophesied to God's people 700 years before Christ about this blessing springing forth in time. A suffering servant would die for, for us. A newborn king would govern us. The coming Messiah who would save us with rivers of living waters and deliver us from the shadow of death. Yes, the book of Isaiah was the beginning to reveal the salvation that would come by Jesus Christ. The Almighty God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The promises of salvation for his people is forever. He abides true to his words for his name's sake and to everyone that is called by his name. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, and his mercies never end. They are new every morning from generation to generation. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord. We just finished celebrating Christmas. What a great reminder of how God made himself the way of deliverance for his people. The prophet prophesied this new thing to come for you to see it. In Isaiah 7, verse 14, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. 
Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And in Isaiah 40, verse 9, spoke of the good, good news to come. O Jerusalem, you who bring good tidings, lift up your voice in strength, lift it up, and be not afraid, says the cities of Judah. Behold your God. The angels sprung forth, announcing this new thing for you to know it. Matthew 1, verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and spring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. And the angels came forth proclaiming the good news that the day had come. Luke 2, verse 10, And the angel said unto, Fear not, Behold, I will bring you good tidings of great joy, and it shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The Apostle Paul came forward declaring this new thing had come for you to perceive it. In Galatians 4, verse 4, For when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that they might receive the adoption of sons, the sons of God. Behold this new thing, the way. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts. A great man came called John the Baptist, declared the way. In John 1, verse 23, when he said, I am the voice, the one crying in the wilderness, completing the prophecy of Isaiah 40, verse 3, who said, there will come a time when you will hear a voice of him crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And in Luke 3, verse 16, John said, To all I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loosen. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yes, this greater man than John did come, and he is called Jesus, the Son of Man and the Son of God, fulfilled the way. The coming of Jesus to earth is a new thing. In Isaiah 43:19, prophetic words pointed to John 14:6. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me." John 7:38 Jesus said, "Whosoever believeth these things in me, as the scriptures had says, rivers of living waters will flow within them." And John 4:14 4, also said, "Springing up into everlasting life." Behold, a new way to God. Prophets prophesied it. For you to see it. Angels, they announced it for you to know it. Man declared it for you to perceive it. And Jesus, well, he fulfilled it for you to believe it and follow him. Followers of the way. After the resurrection of Christ, before they were even called Christians, Early believers in Jesus as their Lord and Saviors were said to worship the God of Israel in a new way and belongs, belong to this new thing called the way. Probably taken from Isaiah 35, verse 8, and a highway will be there, and it will be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but they shall be others who walk the road. Maybe it was taken after 
in Matthew 7, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. Followers of Jesus today, we too have received this gift of God, salvation by grace, by grace through faith. Being justified in Christ, we walk in a new way. On the spiritual highway, in the wilderness of this world, being sanctified in the way of holiness by the Holy Spirit, who leadeth us daily with rivers of mercy to be glorified in Christ on the way to eternal life. What are the benefits of following Jesus? Well, with Jesus, we have a new covenant. In the Old Testament, in Jeremiah 31, 31, it says, Behold, the day is coming, says the Lord, and I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Hebrews 8, 13, it says, With this new covenant, he had made the first obsolete, to vanish away. It is done. And in the New Testament, it says in Luke 22, At the Last Supper, Jesus our Savior, foretold of his crucifixion and his resurrection when he took bread and gave thanks and braked it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body given unto you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup in the new covenant in my blood that was shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus on the cross, after that, said, it is finished. Behold, Jesus, the new way to God, who died in my place and yours. He was sacrificed on the cross, atoned for our sins, committed under the first covenant, the law. We were breakers of the law. But through his infinite mercy, God so loved the world for, he, for our salvation that he gave his only son that whosoever believed in Christ shall not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. The Lord says in Hebrews 8, verse 10, But this is the new covenant that I will make with the people on that day. I will put my laws in their minds. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Once, you were not a people. But now, you are God's people, if you believe in Jesus Christ. Once you had not received mercy, but now, you have received mercy. With Jesus, the other benefit is, we have been redeemed. In Isaiah 43, Three says, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone that is called by my name, in whom I have created for my glory, and I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Once we were rebellious people towards God who created us. We were slaves to sin, and captive in the Babylon of this world. Once far away from the Lord, dead and trespassed, we were cursed by the law. But now, made alive in Christ Jesus, you were once far away, but you have been called by your name, brought near by the blood of Christ. Ephesians 2, verse 13, God, who is rich in mercy, blessed us as a peculiar people, with a new identity, brought into a special relationship for his name's sake, a chosen people for his glory, now called the people of God, of the Lord. Redeem how I love to proclaim it. Therefore, we're now we are the Father's witness, praising and declaring his deliverance from him who called us out of the darkness into the 
his marvelous light of his son, Jesus Christ. Acts 1.8 tells us that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness to the saving and the rescuing and the healing work of the Lord to all the ends of the earth, declaring the salvation of the Lord. Redeemed his child forever I am. There are three things from which we have to be redeemed from and released. From the curse of the law, from the guilt of sin, and from the power of sin. Romans 6, 6 says this, Knowing this, that our old selves was crucified with Christ in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we will no longer be slaves to sin. Jesus, brothers and sisters, paid it all. Not only did he restore us to have peace with God, but he released us from the guilt of sin that had by taking our place. Then he redeemed his people from the power of sin, carrying them far away without a trace. Jesus' last words, it is finished when he died on the cross for you and for me. Breaking the bondage we had to sin. Our sins are, our, our chains are gone. We've been set free. My God, my Savior, he rescued me and you. In Christ forever we will be. The prophet Isaiah spoke of a future time, and they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And the other benefit that we have with Jesus, he is a new mediator. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, that is the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for many, which is the testimony of the new covenant from, given from the Father at the appointed time, at the right time. But if we do sin, because we do sin, morning by morning, New mercies, I see. Jesus intercedes for us, declares the cares of our prayers before the Father. Jesus advocates for us. He stands, pleading our case, defending us before the throne of grace. Jesus is our mediator, listens to our confessions to be forgiven in heaven. 1 John 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, in Christ, we have assured access to God. God hears us. We don't go before a man to confess our sins. We go to Jesus. And God the Father hears Behold, all things are new in Christ. I remember the day we moved into our new house. We created the plans, me and my wife, for the building, and we were the first people to live in this new house. It had been occupied, it had never been occupied before. Everything was new and shiny because it's never been used before. Whether it's a new country, some folks here are are coming into a new country, and you, you, you see that it's new, it's fresh. Uh, a new house, a new apartment, new clothes, new everything. I think it's safe to say that most people like new things because it's new and it is fresh. The greatest joy in my life was when I received the greatest gift from the Heavenly Father, and this was the day that I was born again in Christ. What a wonderful day that was, and what a wonderful thoughts. It reminds ourselves that indeed we are God's masterpiece, not only created but formed anew in Christ Jesus. Sometimes I reflect on that, and sometimes I'm, how did he take this filthy vessel and made it clean? It's a, an amazing thing. It's, it's amazing grace. Yes, I was there. 
And God done saved me by his son, delivered me out of the darkness and brought me to the light of truth. And I stand amazed this day. He called me by his name. He called, he called me by my name and brought me to the family. God's mercy is from generation to generation. And great is his faithfulness. Allow these words to sink in in your heart and your mind and imagine that the God who created the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in between knows your name and you are his children. And in Isaiah 43 it says this, Fear not, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, I have called you by your name. You are mine. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah, it says this, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, all things are new. And in the New Testament, it says this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Yes, we have some benefits being in Christ. We have lots. Being in Christ, uh, because all have sinned and fallen short to the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that has came to Christ Jesus. The word justified here means that you've been acquitted, that you're made innocent before God. This means that in Christ you get a fresh start, a clean state. Your debts have been paid. Jesus paid it all. In Christ, we have a new birth. Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy caused us to be born again to live in hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, from the dead. In Christ, we have a new life. In Romans 6, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so, we walk in newness in life. In Christ, we are a new person. Ephesians 4.22 says that you put, off the old self, uh, you put off concerning your formal conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And put, renew your spirit and mind and put on a new man. In Christ, we have a new spirit, a new heart and a new family. Ezekiel eleven nineteen says, I will give you one heart in this church. We are all believers in Jesus Christ. We have one heart in him. I will put a new spirit within them. Take out that stony heart out of the flesh where we hated the gospel before. And now we've got a new heart of flesh that we love his statues and his judgments. They shall be my people, and I will be their gods. God. In Christ, behold, we have a new promise. We are followers of Jesus, the new way, and we look forward to these new promises, to the next new thing, his return and his final judgment on all things. We wait patiently with the assurance that God says, when I'm doing something, I am doing something. He will do it. And Jesus will come again. His eventual promise, the Son of God had ascended to heaven, heavenly kingdom to prepare an eternal place for us. And we will follow him there one day. Jesus said, if I go, I will come. I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there also you may be. Our hope is sure and steadfast because it is grounded on the finished work of Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. And we're looking forward for this new home. Oh, what a day it will be when we sing that hymn, when we see Jesus face to face, a new home where righteousness dwells. The day is coming when all things will be made new. In Revelations 23, it says, Behold, I am coming soon. And then we have his eternal promise. The Son of God had ascended to heavenly kingdom to guarantee eternal life for us. And we will follow him there one day. 
Jesus said in his last words on the cross, again, it is finished, arose from the grave, now sits at the right hand of God with all power. He will preserve you on earth, and he will present you in heaven. The promise of eternal life is from Jesus when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believe in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. And whosoever liveth and believe in me shall never die. And John 6, 40 says, And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who looks to the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life. Behold, I will raise him up in the last day. And then we have his everlasting, ultimate promise. The Son of God is sitting at the right hand of God, and he reserves an eternal place for us in heaven, the ultimate abiding place. Behold, I make all things new. In Revelation 21, 4, 6, it says, It is done. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, for the former things will pass away. There shall be no more suffering, no more sickness, and no more pain. The former shall not be remembered. And when we arrive at our destination, we will glorify God and enjoy Him forever. He who sat on the throne will say, Behold, I make all things new. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And he said to John, Write these words, the words that are true and faithful. It is done. Behold, our God in Christ will make all things new. How can we apply this to our lives? What was just spoken. The Lord knows his people well. He knows our nature of our fears, and we're always looking back. The word fear and afraid is mentioned over 500 times in the Bible. Right from day, the day of sin entered the world, the, wor the world, man was afraid. Fear not is one of the most repeated commands in the Bible to comfort God's people in life. Folks, in this fallen world, it's dark. And yes, I'm afraid it's more fearful as the days get darker. But God, full of grace, and to his fearful, anxious followers, Jesus said this, Peace, I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Behold, fear not, I am with you in 2024. The Lord says in Isaiah, Fear not, I have called you by your name, you are mine. Knowing you belong to the Lord is a wonderful comfort to our fears. And we can now, we can know that he holds us in his hands and he protects us and he guards us and he cares for us. Faithful is he who has created and redeemed you and who has called you by your name. He will finish his work in us and bring us to himself. How can we be afraid when God is for us? Who? can be against us. Fear not when you pass through the waters. I will be with you. Knowing that the Lord is with you is a great comfort to our faith. Trust in God in the storms of life. But that doesn't mean you will be untouched. God does not promise that you will escape suffering and pain in this, in this fallen world. Trials and tribulations are certain and it doesn't say if you pass through the water. It says when you pass through the waters. The text doesn't say you will always be paddling on calm rivers. It says 
I will be with you when you are going through the waters. And they shall not overflow you. God is saying you will face many difficulties in this fast-flowing world. He will be with us in the roughest rapids on our journey and the toughest circumstances against the rocks of sin. Sometimes we face waters that overwhelm us. But God says, I will be there parting the waters of hardship. So you're not overcome by them. His words and his promises says, he will be with us as we pass through it. They shall not overflow you. You remember Peter experience of walking on water? <clears throat> Peter just saw Jesus on the water and he set his eyes on him. Out of the boat he came walking on the water. But when he saw the effects and the power of the wind, he was afraid of the storm and he began to sink. And he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and brought him to safety. And the storm stopped, and the wind ceased. The Lord said unto them, How little faith, how did you doubt? Though our memory is forgetful and our faith is feeble sometimes, yet he is the same yesterday. He is the same today, and he will be the same tomorrow. Believers should not be afraid of the chaotic storms in their lives, but instead they should place their faith and their trust in Jesus, the one who reached out his hand and wants to save you, whose name is Emmanuel, God with us. Fear not, when you walk through fire, I will be with you. Knowing that the Lord is with you, God the Father is in eternity. He's overlooking us in time, and he sees you. You're precious in his sight. He loves you. You are his, and he's saying, fear not. There will be times when we walk through the fire, and these trials of fire, they start small, and they grow out of control, and they get you in too hot to handle. But God promises, when you go through the fire, you shall not be burnt. The flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, your Savior. I will preserve you in my presence, standing right beside you. This reminds me of the passage in the book of Daniel where three of God's people, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were thrown in the fiery furnace at that time, and the king of Babylon for refusing to bow to the king's image because they trusted God and they were faithful to God. King Nebuchadnezzar came to witness their execution, but he was stunned to see not three, but four in the fire, and he recognized the fourth man in the fire was none other than the Son of God standing beside him. Believers should not be afraid, afraid of the fiery furnace that we face in life, but instead we should place our complete trust in Jesus, the one who stands beside us and who will save us. Then in our, faith, in our faithfulness, we will come face to face with that fourth man in the fire, the one whose name is Emmanuel, God with us. Behold, look forward to the new thing in 2024. Stop looking at yesterday. Things about, think about this new thing. Don't, don't miss something new because you're stuck in something old. Behold, I will do a new thing. If you're living in yesterday, you, will, you might miss what God is doing for you today or where God is taking you tomorrow. Let us 
always remember that God's grace and mercy, looking back at our lives and how God had saved us and our lost condition and past living on sin. Everyone here can testify how remarkable and how wonderful of a transformation it was because we lived it. We've seen the changes. That should grow to inspire our faith in his divine care for us regarding whatever wilderness challenges or uncertainty we face ahead in the future. But we should not limit our expectations of what God can do in the future on our experience of what God has done in the past. Stop. Stop looking behind. Looking at the past is a great place to learn from, but it's a terrible place to live in. Although there is a time and place to recollect the past events and to gather its wisdom, we don't stay there. We must forsake the past victories that obtained us in our old life with all its glory, knowing that it fades away and it doesn't help us move forward. And forget the past pain that drains us with all this discouragement and disappointments and move on to what God has for us in the future. Some of us hang on to baggage too, mo- too long, unresolved issues, unforgiveness, till they become such a heavy load that we cannot no longer carry it. Learn from them and let them go. Please do not look in the rearview mirror too long. You may catch Lot's wife syndrome. This disease of regret is when we look behind to ponder and dwell in the past too long, allowing them to paralyze us in yesterday's world. Start looking ahead. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, asking the question, what is God saying to me today? 1 Corinthians 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says this, and he gives us the answer. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old, it has passed away. Behold, I do a new thing has come. This is the heart of the gospel. Our past failures, brokenness, pains no longer define us, condemn us, or they no longer rule us. We have when we are a new creation and the new spirit living in us and is helping us move forward. And behold, the Lord will make a way in 2024. Tomorrow we enter the new year when we put the 2024 calendar. And it's a good time to reflect on what this means to be in Christ. Let us examine ourselves carefully to think about what's going on in our lives as we make new plans and new hopes. Yes, we will face new challenges, encounter changes with life's circumstances. There will be some difficulties, changes we may have to make, or maybe even some changes we hope to make. Maybe... There's going to be changes out of our control that we won't be able to change that seem impossible to resolve on our own. But like 2023 and every past year, with all its up and downs, we experience as individuals, as families, and as a church. May we be reminded of the steadfast love and continued grace of our Lord. Though the calendar turns the page, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. And with this blessed assurance, we can face the new year of 2024 with hope that his compassions fail not and have confidence that God will make a way of deliverance for his people to have peace and light 
in the valley of darkness. The Lord God Almighty, He remains the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, first and foremost, we have to say thank you, Lord, for your salvation of your Son, Jesus Christ, that gave us this new life in Christ. We rejoice always knowing, Lord, that no matter the deepest valleys that we fall into or the highest mountains that we have to climb, you are there with us. Lord Jesus, forgive us our sins against anyone that we had thoughts of harm or thoughts of anger or uh, deeds or words that we had spoken in 2023. If we have not confessed it, Lord, we we pray for forgiveness for this, that we can continue in 2024 and knowing that uh, you are with us and you hear our prayers. And uh, let us forgive those who trespass against us, Lord. And with thanksgiving, we lay our requests before thee, Lord. Uh, and uh, always pray that uh, you guide and direct in each way, Lord, our lives in the new coming year. Be with us always. Let us see that uh, that fourth end in the fire. Let us rejoice when he reaches out his hand to save us in the deep waters. Help us with this new life in Christ to have compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And most importantly, love for all people who come in our path this year. Holy Father, hear our plea as individuals and as family and as a church in 2024. May your face continue to shine upon us, Lord God Almighty. Bless us with your endless grace, keeping us safe in your hands in the coming year. Blessed be thy name forever. In Jesus' name we do pray.